Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. It is Thursday, May 30th, 2019. And I do thank you for joining me today, as I do do every day at this time. And we're live four to five Pacific time, Monday through Friday. And, um, you know, we talk about stocks. We talk about making money. We talk about financial freedom. We talk about how to help you get there. So that's what this show is all about. And you make the time to give me a call and I answer your financial questions. Uh, it helps all of us, including myself, to move to that goal of financial freedom. So I would really appreciate your calling. We want to do this every day. And Justin and I have been doing this for some time. I've been doing this since 1999. And before that, I used to do it with uh, my partner, my ex-partner anyways, uh, before he retired. Uh, we did. I mean, we've been doing this for decades, several decades. So I'm here to help answer any questions you might have. And this is the hour we do it in. So it's all about get, uh, going, getting to that goal of being financially independent. And that means financially independent from any other source. In other words, you have your own money, your own assets that you earn income. Instead of having to work for the money, it works for you. Get to that point. It's hard to, it's hard to do. It's not easy. I'm not pretending it's easy. I'm not suggesting it's easy. I'm saying it's doable. So why don't you get your questions in? 888-99-CHARTERS, our number. We're live, 888-992-4278. Now, my main talking point today concerns this headline. China is using diplomatic code phrases that threaten wider escalation of a trade war. Well, interesting. You know, we're in a, we're in a battle with China. And I think it's a, a battle that's way overdue, and I think we got to stand pretty firm on this. Now, people might disagree with me on that, but I think we do. We've been bending over backwards forever, letting China steal our technology. We let them do it, and then they now they they steal our patents, and and they tell you they tell us that they have uh, good patent laws, but they don't enforce them. So we need to do something, and. This is a good time to do it, but we're we're producing problems, producing problems for the economy, and not too much for our economy, more so for their economy, but enough that it's a problem, and we're producing problems for our stock market. Okay, I think we just have to live through it. So the actual wording of China's warning has reportedly only been used a couple of times. What they're talking about, it, you know, and it's not they're not talking about. You know, necessarily a war, war. That's not what they're talking about. But they're they're trying to they're threatening us. Okay, just like you know, Trump has been threatening them. It's you know, it's where is it going to lead? That's really the question. No one knows that, and that's why the market doesn't like it. Remember, the market doesn't like uncertainty, and there's certainly a lot of uncertainty in the current positions of the two major trading partners. A lot of uncertainty, and the market doesn't like that, and that's one of the reasons why it's gone down all of May. So, 
I'm going to talk about also, besides that, that's not the only thing that we're going to discuss. I want to talk about the month of May and the trade war damage is done to the month of May. You know, what is the actual problems that we're seeing? Also, um, how to protect your information when you're buying a house. You know when you buy a house, you have to provide all that information to get the loan and everything. Tons of information. All your personal financial information. Well, how do you, how do you protect it? I mean, it didn't used to be a problem. But these days, with our information going out everywhere, it, it, it's an issue. And finally, managing your retirement withdrawals of your assets, managing it. You can make some serious mistakes taking money out of retirement accounts at the wrong time and not considering the tax consequences. So I want to discuss that a little bit today just to give you some warning and what the things you can do and what to watch out for. Those are going to be the talking points if we can get to them. I'd rather get to the phone calls of yours, and I appreciate it. Many times I can't get to all these points, as you probably noticed. I try even if the phone calls come in and interrupt me. But I really, really want to, to uh, take your calls first. The market was up today. Whoopie-doo. Dow is up 43. The NASDAQ up 20 and S&P up 6. Not not much showing up. It was up bigger during the day. Then it almost got to flat and then made a little comeback toward the very last half hour or so of the trading day. So we might be oversold and the market bounce a little bit. We might see a little bounce in here. So we won't know that until next week. Remember, this is a shortened week because of holiday on Monday. Tomorrow's the last trading day of the week. So we'll see. It's been a down week. Almost every week's been down for the month of May. So that's what we're that's what's on the show today. But why don't we go ahead and grab one of our listener line callers? Eight 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 ninety nine chart is the number. Hi, Stephen, Justin. I actually had a quick question about dividends because whenever you guys talk about it, you always uh, make sure to mention the sustainability of a dividend. And I never quite know how to actually calculate that when I'm investigating which uh, stocks and ETFs to choose for my portfolio. So I would love to hear how to take that into account. Thank you. Okay, we have a really simple rule that you can apply in your head even by looking at the stocks. And that is we don't want the payout ratio to be more than 60%. Well, how do I figure that out? Okay, let's say the dividend, I'm going to make it easy so we can do the math. Let's say that the dividend is a dollar a share per year, a dollar a share, and the stock is $10 stock. Okay, you know that's a 10% dividend, right? But that has nothing to do with the payout ratio. If the dividend is a dollar a share, the payout ratio has everything to do with what are their earnings. How much money do they make per share? If they make $2 a share and they're paying out $1 a share, they're paying out 50% of their earnings in the form of a dividend. So the payout ratio is 50%. And I'm telling you, we don't like a payout ratio more than 60%. Now, of course, if it's a REIT, real estate investment trust, they have to pay out 90%. That's required to qualify as a REIT. But all other companies, 60% is a good rule of thumb. Yes, it can go to 70, and many times it's less than 60. But 60 is the that break-off point where you go, hmm, maybe they're paying too much in dividend. <coughs> and sometimes the big blue-chip stocks have been around forever. They might pay a bit more than 60%. That would be okay. But that's the rule of thumb that you can go by. How much is earnings? How much money? How much money do they make per share in the year, and what is their dividend? What are they paying? 
And when the payout ratio is uh, the amount of money they're paid versus the earnings. Okay? Relationship there. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. I've already booked several appointments. Most of, them, most, most of the times are taken, so you better hurry up if you want to meet with me in San Jose. I want to be there June 12th. So now's the time to make a call. It's no cost, no obligation of any kind. Portfolio review. Take a look at your portfolio. Talk about your finances. And, of course, I'm going to talk about our programs. And, you know, we can see if there's a fit. There isn't. I'll just help you with anything I can financially. Hopefully, you become a client. I would love to have you as a client. But you got to register. To register, you got to send me an email. Go to investtalk.com. Send me an email. Just express interest, and we'll be in touch with you and set up a time. Remember, that's San Jose, June 12th. And now I'm taking your questions live, 888-99-CHART. market has had a rough ride in May. Lots of volatility. But you, you've got a portfolio to protect, right? And that means you need the unbiased guidance heard right here on Invest Talk. So you're invited to be part of the process. Step up with your finance and investment questions now. Steve Peasley is here and he's ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. And I'm sure you have noticed that there's been a quite a bit of uh, market volatility for May, month of May. And, and I don't know if you remember, but we talked that that would happen, that May would probably be volatile because there's that old saying, go away in May, and felt that, you know, if, if the market was going, the market was topping in April and it looked like it was hesitating at that top and has now come off that top. Uh, and so, but that is volatility. It, you know, don't, don't think that's unusual. It's really not unusual. Pullback is normal. Corrections are normal. And in this situation, if if our economy doesn't falter and it doesn't look like it is yet, even though I see some cracks in the economy, you know, this could be buying opportunities. Okay, so let's take a look at some of the numbers that are out there right now. For instance, the 10-year Treasury yield is 2.26%. Now, the reason why that's... I mentioned that because the two-year Treasury yield is like 2.1514, something like that, and that they're getting very, very close. And if they invert, we're going to be in a recession. So that's one thing you can watch for in a recession. It's been pretty. It's been a pretty durable indicator, but it has to invert first, and it hasn't. So that's not the case yet. And we talked about this yesterday. The 30-year fixed mortgage rate is below 4%, 3.99%. Now, that's interesting. Here you have interest rates falling, bond yields are falling, and whenever that happens, usually that means that the economy is going to do well. Because remember, it produces more money into the economy because it's cheap money. So, therefore, you know, corporations want to borrow it. People want to use it and keep things rolling because of that. You know, more activity in the economy. Remember, it's the flow of money throughout the economy that drives the economy. And the, therefore, you need liquidity. 
and liquidity was produced big time by the federal government by reducing the interest rates down to zero, remember? And getting us out of that recession. Then they raised rates. And now the rates are starting to come back down by market pressure. Not by the Fed. Fed's not doing anything. But the market is driving rates down. So that should theoretically help the economy. Okay? That's the theory. Okay? So, you know, therefore... The 30-year mortgage is down below 3.99%. That should help uh, the housing market, you know, but there's a little problems with the housing market, <laughs> okay? Pending home sales, for instance, were down 2%. That's, the, you know, from, a, from coming off an eight-month high in March, but, you know, things don't look terrible in that area, and this is what I mean. You got these little cracks in the economy, out there. It doesn't mean it's gonna we're going to recession. It just means we're hitting a soft spot. Matter of fact, the GDP was revised down to three point one percent for the first quarter from three point two. They thought it'd be downgraded much more than that. Three percent is full borg forward for us because we're so big. Three percent is a big number. Three percent GDP growth. So what is it gonna be in the second quarter? Most expect to be, you know, in the two range. Where? I don't know. But I'm, 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 I'm sure it won't be 3.1. I'm thinking it'll be less than that. But still pretty strong. Not bad. Not bad. Did you see what Disney did today? Now, Disney's up 20% year to date. So it's had a pretty good year so far in their stock price. Now, we've talked about Disney. You know, they're trying to be a super competitor in the media. They're doing trying to, going to start streaming. They're going to have the... Disney Plus or Disney something, you know, trying to compete with Netflix. Um, so that's great, but that's only a tiny piece of Disney's business. They're going to open a new um, a new attraction at their theme park in Disneyland. It's called Star Wars Land. They spent a billion dollars on it. One billion. It's four, covering 14 acres. And just so you know, they take $60 billion in annual revenue. Disney makes $60 billion a year. $16 billion of that comes from their theme parks, one of their largest revenue sources. So that's what Disney's doing. You're listening to Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and let me remind you that the Invest Talk radio program and its podcast replays provide a daily dose of market news with our unbiased commentary. And we have a fairly new offering, Invest Talk Academy. Did that today. Talked about trustees, making money on trustees. It's an online training class covering a wide variety of financial investment subjects. So hopefully you'll sign up for that. You can learn more about Invest Talk Academy at, invest, at investtalkacademy.com. We're headed into the break, and I'm taking your questions. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener. You may even have called a few times. But if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. Okay. 
Okay, our main talking point today concerns the headline, China is using diplomatic code phrases that threaten wider escalation of a trade war. In other words, they're making little, they're, talk, they're saying things that tell us, uh, well, we could do more and don't mess with us kind of thing. For instance, quote, we advise the U.S. side not to underestimate the Chinese side ability to safeguard its development rights and interests. Don't say we didn't warn you. See, don't say we didn't warn you. Well, that's kind of code. They've said that a couple of times before. Uh, 1962, before the Chinese border war with India, and then again in 1979 with the China-Vietnam War here, so China supporting the Vietnam War. So they're using that same phrase to kind of give us a signal, you'll see. Now, let's be honest. We, China is a, 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 our biggest competitor. Okay, and not only are they a competitor in the economic sphere, but they're also a competitor in the political sphere. They're a communist system, we're a free dem democratic system. And we have, uh, we have, we, they have, they applied for the WTO, World Trade Organization, don't forget that exists still out there, and they're supposed to ab abide by their rules, and they have not, and haven't for some time. And we just let them get away. The WTO lets them get, get away with it. We have let them get away with stealing our technology. Why, if you want to do business in China, you had to uh, uh, had to uh, have a partner in China and give up your trade secrets to them. Your company had to give. So, you know, if you want to do business in China, well, we don't do that that for them here. So, you know, there, there's all kinds. So, it matter, it's a, it's now we have gotten to a point where we're fighting them now. China, being a communist system, they don't care what effect it has on their citizens. They can be very harsh if they want to. They don't care if it hurts their economy. I don't think that that's actually their attitude, but they can come across that way because they don't want to hurt their economy. They really don't. They want the, the trade because they, they export a lot more than we do. We, on the other hand, being a free democratic society, we have politicians that are very weak and have been very weak for decades and because we have to, they get, have to get reelected, and if they, you know, they get blamed for the economy, our economy if it, if it slows down or tanks, you know, the, it's, so it's much more difficult on our side to maintain any long-term uh, battle with trade because it hurts different parts. Think about what what we read: the farmers are going to suffer. Yeah. Oh, the tech companies are going to suffer. Uh, iPhones are made in China. See, we hear all these negatives, right? But we don't look at the long-term benefits. So it's it's a difficult battle that we're in with China, and China is just upping the stakes a little bit in what their their rhetoric rhetoric. Now, is it is it going to mean anything? Are we supposed to be frightened and start shaking in our boots? One of the things that this is showing, which I think would be very good for us in the long run, is that, you know, we should not be so reliant on China on all the products they produce. Why have we let ourselves do that over the years? Maybe we shouldn't have done that. Maybe we have to bite the bullet now or we'll never bite the bullet. I don't know. I'm, I'm not smart enough to know those things. Okay, let's go to Bobby in Atlanta. How you doing, Bobby? Hey, Steve. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for the call. The healthcare REIT, uh, XLV, do you think it's a good price to buy some? Well, I, I do think that a lot of that sphere 
is underpriced and been beaten up unfairly. Uh, so I think there's going to be an opportunity in the healthcare area. Um, I'm not quite sure if we're there yet, uh, simply because I think we still got more weakness to come in the market. But this area, the healthcare area, and this is a re XLV exchange traded for sync and performance corresponding to the S&P healthcare select sector index. That whole sector has been beaten up because of the politics, right? Um, with the Democrats, uh, you know, trying to fight each other as to who they want to wipe one payer system and free healthcare for everybody, and that of course scares that whole sector, right? Um, so I think it is going to be an opportunity. I I don't know if I would jump in it right this minute though, Bobby. I, I'm looking at a chart, and it's below the 200-day moving average, 50-day moving average. It's been kind of fluttering. I I think I want to see it get closer to. Right now, it's at $87. I would feel much more more comfortable telling you to buy it when a low 80s, 81, 82, 83. Okay. I I think you can. I think it's going to go there, and I think you can wait for it. Okay. But I do think it's a good opportunity. Okay. Okay. Thanks Thank for the you. call. Thanks, Bobby. Bobby in Atlanta uh, about the spider healthcare sector. And you know, when the market, when economies get old, when they get old uh, in the cycle, and we have been in a long upward cycle, different sectors work good, work much better than other sectors. And we talked about this months ago, utility, consumer staples. And I've talked about it several times over the weeks and months and that's, if you take a look at them, they've held up much better this month than other sectors. On tomorrow's Invest Talk, why tech companies keep hitting the wall with the healthcare sector. Interesting, huh? Amazon, Google, Apple, Microsoft keep trying, trying moves in the health sector because it represents a $3.5 trillion opportunity. That's the story tomorrow, by the way. Tomorrow. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, and if you live anywhere in Southern California, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein encourage you to make plans to attend KPP Financial's Invest Talk Wealth Conference. It's happening on Saturday, June 22nd, from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. in Irvine, California. At the conference, Steve and Justin will help you understand the current volatile market and global economic environment. They'll give you a plan to boost income and manage investment risk. And they'll define ways to find great opportunities in any market environment. The Summer Invest Talk Wealth Conference is an investor learning opportunity that you should not miss. Conference attendance is priced at $39. However, if you sign up during May, you'll get a special price of only $29. You can purchase tickets and learn more now at investtalk.com. The Invest Talk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Call with questions, 888-99-CHART. It is official. Steve Peasley has set a date for his return to San Jose, California. Yes, Steve will meet with listeners in San Jose on Wednesday, June 12th. He'll conduct his no-cost portfolio review consultations. If you set an appointment, Steve can look at your investments and then provide individualized and optimized advice. 
This is the kind of unbiased guidance you'll need to help you achieve financial freedom. You can register at investtalk.com. This is Invest Talk, and we're taking your calls now. Step up with questions, 888-99-CHART. Hello, Steve or Justin. This is David. You said any question financial, my topic, beside interest from balances, where do banks profit from credit cards? I have excellent credit, always pay on time, yet I am always finding myself with transactions denied and on the phone to obtain approvals, even with normal repetitive spending patterns. I'm sure your listeners can identify with experiences in fraud monitoring. One provider even has the motto of priceless surprises. Aren't they, though, when trying to use these cards? When this happens, I move on to a second card and then later call them to remove the credit block. On one credit card, it took me literally six months of emails and verifications in order to use the card again. Here's the question. Assuming the card is being used three to four times per week, an average of $1,000 being charged on the card monthly and then paid off in full prior to each due date, how much is the issuing bank losing when this card is dormant for six months? Thank you very much. Probably very little to nothing. Every time you use the credit card, the bank gets a piece of the action. You know, the credit card company charges a certain percentage to the to the retailer. Actually, you pay it because the prices go up to pay for the credit card. You know, when you go buy it, use a credit card. You know, the consumer always pays everything. You, the consumer, pays everything. Don't think you don't, you do. But what happens is they, you know, they, 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 they when you swipe that card, there's a fee, uh, Visa, MasterCard charges the, 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 uh, the retailer or whoever you're using the card with. They pay the fee and then they split, they split that with the banks. That's how that works. Now, the card, the card, your particular card goes dormant, and you don't swipe it. You're not swiping it. You're not doing it. The the bank doesn't make any money. So they're probably they could be, uh, potentially lose money, but only because you're not using the card. But the only time that that co- they incur costs is when they're dealing with you with those things you mentioned. You know. Uh, someone's using your credit card improperly. And of course, that's why they want to issue immediately a new card to cancel the old card to get you swiping that card again. But, you know, I don't think they lose much. The makes make a lot of money on those credit cards. Now, they get tons of money. That's, the more you use it, the more they make. That's why, you know, we get, you know, I, I use the credit Visa Costco card all the time. Because I get money back, so I get some of my money back. Now, where's that coming from? Well, some of that's coming from Costco, uh, because you know they're splitting the fees with Visa. But Costco, remember, Costco used to have a deal with American Express, and they got a better deal with Visa. So they're making very, very little. Visa and uh, uh, Visa is making very little because of money back deals. Well. As long as it helps us, puts money back in my pocket, I'm all for it. Good question, though. Credit cards. How do the banks make the money in? Yeah, how, do they, can, how, how can they make money if you don't use it? Well, they don't. If you don't use it, they don't make money. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So what happened the month of May? The month of May, the market went down. Tomorrow's the last day of the May. Uh, the NASDAQ for the month is down 7.6%. Now, that is not 
uh, yet a normal correction, which is 10%. The S&P is very close to its 200-day moving average, and a breakdown below that usually indicates a a, um, a, um, a correction or a bear market. They haven't broken it, but they're close, within you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 points. I can look it up, but I know it's pretty close. So the and we have a situation that for the month of May, the bonds have had a strong rally, pushing us closer and closer to an inversion between the two and ten year treasury, which is a negative for the economy. So those are the overriding things for May. One thing I saw this morning, uh, not well, I've been watching it for a while, but I made a note about uh, this morning mentioned on Investor Academy, is take a look at the two uh, bond ETS, one BND, which is the Vanguard Total Bond Market, BND, and then take a look at JNK, which is the Junk Bond Market. You'll see that starting in the beginning of the first day of May, the junk bond market, the junk bonds have gone down in value, meaning their yields have uh, gone up, whereas the overall total market has gone up in value. So they they diverged. That's an indication that there's a flight to safety. Everybody's going to safety with their money. They're scared of the market. Where do they go? They go to U.S. Treasuries. And that's driven down the yields on the 10-year, but that's where they're going. And so the down the yield is going down, the value of the bond goes up. They're leaving junk bonds. Leaving junk bonds are those higher-risk bonds issued by corporations. So it's a flight to safety, people moving their money to safer grounds. And that's what we've seen all month. What is it telling us? Well... It might be the first signal that we're heading into a recession, but I don't think we're going to do it this year. Not just what happens three months from now, and I do think this trade issue with China is going to take time. Three months from now, six months from now, the trade issue gets settled. The market will rally. Before then, the market's going to struggle. I'm Steve Pease, and you're listening to Invest Talk, so I think it's safe to assume that you're pretty serious about investing because you wouldn't be listening, right? And we want to grow your wealth. I want to grow your wealth. I want to grow my wealth. I want to grow everybody's wealth. So how do we do that? Well, there's always, you know, whenever you're investing, there's always that bit of fear and a bit of greed that's going on. Fear and greed, the only two emotions that matter at all in the market. So how do you know how much fear or how much greed you should have? Uh, how do you how do you measure your own fear and greed, your own you know, and your portfolio of, you know uh, risks that you're taking? So you got it's called all about measuring your personal risk and the risk in your portfolio, and that goes right to what we offer is called the Risk Alive software. It's a questionnaire. It's pretty simple, very few questions. It can rate your fear gauge, your personal fear gauge, zero to one hundred, and you get a score. Around eighty is what the S and P five hundred represents, because if you also put your portfolio, and you can rate that risk. So rate your risk tolerance and the risk tolerance in your portfolio. Go to investtalk.com. Take the little test. That's just a questions, not a test. Eight 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 ninety nine charters our number. This is Invest Talk, and if you live anywhere in Southern California, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein encourage you to make plans 
to attend KPP Financial's Invest Talk Wealth Conference. It's happening on Saturday, June 22nd, from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. in Irvine, California. At the conference, Steve and Justin will help you understand the current volatile market and global economic environment. They'll give you a plan to boost income and manage investment risk. And they'll define ways to find great opportunities in any market environment. The Summer Invest Talk Wealth Conference is an investor learning opportunity that you should not miss. Conference attendance is priced at $39. However, if you sign up during May, you'll get a special price of only $29. You can purchase tickets and learn more now at investtalk.com. The Invest Talk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Call with questions, 888-99-CHART. Hi, thanks for taking my call. I had a question about CRON, Kronos Group. I see it's a little overpriced, and I'm wondering if buying it around $15 seems okay or if that's still a little high. If not, maybe buy around 10 Thanks a lot. Okay, let's take a look at Kronos Group. It's a Canadian-based company that operates within the Health Canadian Health Canada's Access to Cannabis. Okay, so it's, uh, it's the marijuana stock. Uh, and it's a pretty big one, $2.6 billion. They, for sales, only doing about $6, $7 million a quarter. That, that's not a lot. That's, that's a pretty expensive stock. Okay, uh, the growth rate is why it is expensive. Now, the growth rate in the most recent quarter was 119%. So we're talking about sales growth here. And the growth rate before that was 300. The growth rate before that was 187. The growth rate before that was 400. So the growth seems to be slowing a little bit. But it's still pretty fast growth. I mean, now, does it translate that sales growth? Does it translate into profits? Well, they, they, it's interesting. In 2015, they made a, a, a penny a share before they were public. 2016, they lost a penny. 2017, they made two cents. 2018, they lost 11 cents per share. This year, they're supposed to make 84 cents. And then next year, only four cents. Now, that kind of upsets me. Why is it so erratic? The earnings, why are they erratic? Why so erratic? What's going on? They might be spending a lot of money building out their company. I don't know. I'd have to find that out. It's a $15 stock, $14.90. And they're going to make $0.94 cents this year, which would you know, which puts that at a fairly price stock because uh, that would be, you know, 10, 20 be about 18, 17, 18 PE ratio. But when they make four cents next year, it's expensive. And I don't like that fall of 95% on their earnings per share. I'm not sure why that's happening. So you're going to take a risk here. This is a very high risk stock. High, high, high risk. Uh, I think that stock could easily fall down to, oh, easily fall down to the $7 area. Seven, eight dollars. I, I think that could easily fall there. The two hundred day moving average is thirteen dollars and ninety two cents. So it's a dollar away. If it can hold that two hundred day moving average, and it's starting to it's starting to move sideways now and has for a couple of weeks, if it can hold that area, this might be a good buying point. But if it breaks the two hundred day moving average, it could head. It, it, I'm not sure where it's going to go. It could go all the way down to seven, eight dollars. 
because it's so erratic in its earnings per share. Sales are still growing, but the sales growth has slowed. And that also is erratic. I mean, three quarters ago, it's 187% growth. The two quarters ago is 338% growth in sales. And the most recent quarter, 119% growth in sales. So it's, it's one of those. I Remember, I've told you, I think there's going to be some winners. And they're going to be big winners in this area, this marijuana area. Cronus is one of the ones I think has a good shot. Okay, it does. It has a good shot at being one of those winners. Uh, but oh, there's a ton of little guys out there that are not going to make it. Or they'll be purchased by bigger guys like Cronus. Okay, thank you for the question. Appreciate it. Okay, um, protecting your information. If you buy a house, when you buy a house, you know how much information you have to give, right? There's ways you can protect it, especially this day and age when you're sending stuff through email and attachments and all those things. All your data is during a closing of a house, tons of personal information is floating around there. And you need to take some steps. Before, you didn't really have to. You had to bring the documents in, right? And it was hard copies and no one had access to them. Not anymore. You know this is true if you bought a house recently. So how do you protect it? Well, well, one of the simple things you could do is change your passwords. You know, don't, when you need to, everybody's sticking with the same password, which is what? Your birthday or your initials and birthday or your birthday backwards or, you know, uh, change your, don't use simple passwords. Um, I'll give an example of a password. I have a password, and the password is number one, I hate doing this, explanation mark. That's the password. No space. Number one, I hate doing this, number two. Because I'm complaining because they make me change the password in this particular software every two or three months, and it drives me nuts, okay? But, you know, that's a very difficult password for somebody, some hacker to figure out. Now I'm going to, of course, have to change it because you know, I just told you what it was. But regardless, okay, so change your passwords. Ask the mortgage company, the title company, what they're doing to protect your information. What kind of protection are they providing, uh, you know, your electronic information? Ask them what they're doing. And many of them may not even protect it at all, and that's crazy. Avoid sending documents via email. Deliver them. Mail them, but don't do it over the email. That's so easy to get that information. You know it is. You've seen it in the news all over the place, right? How this or that company, big company's been hacked and all this information got dispersed. Well, don't throw, don't put everything in over as an attachment in the email. That's how you avoid that. Anyways, you just need to take some steps you didn't used to have to take. Because everything is so electronic and in the cloud these days. So you need to take some steps to protect your information. That's all I'm suggesting. Okay? This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasling. We have one goal here, and that's really to, for everybody, myself included, to achieve financial freedom. And of course, our work is going to continue right after this break. So get your questions in 888 99Chart.
On the next Invest Talk, Amazon, Microsoft, Apple, and Google are chasing a $3.5 trillion opportunity. The story? Why tech companies keep hitting the same wall with the healthcare sector. That's tomorrow. But now, Steve is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Hello, my name is Manuel from Illinois. I'm a new listener to your podcast. I enjoy it. My question is on Nucor, stock symbol N-U-E. Just wanted your thoughts about it. Thank you, and thank you for taking my call. Have a great day. Well, thank you. I appreciate the call. Nucor Corporation manufactures steel and steel products for the automotive uh, and uh, construction, machinery, and appliance industries. Nucor, it's a $15 billion company, pays 3.2% dividend, and those are very solid, makes money, has made money forever, will continue to make money. So it's a pretty darn solid company. The stock has collapsed for the last two months from $60 down to $49. Why? Uh, actually, you know, a year ago it was at $66, and then it corrected in December, going all the way down to right where it is now. So it's retesting the lows it made in September. Okay, this steel companies are very cyclical, meaning the economic cycle, they go up and down with the cycle. And we're very late in our economic cycle, meaning we've had a very good economy for a number of years. And you'll see this cycle we're at the top, and when we get to the top, now it could stay at the top for months, even years. I mean, but generally, when we're at the top, certain sectors don't work very well. Steel is one of them. Automotive is another. The whole transportation sector is another. Look at IYT on a chart, and you'll see that that's fallen pretty hard too. The so whole transportation sector is falling. Well, that helped. That hurts steel companies, doesn't it? Cars are made from steel, so. I'm not telling you this is not a good stock to buy. It actually is a good stock to put in your portfolio. I just wouldn't do it yet. The best time to buy these kind of stocks is in the middle of a recession. That's the best time. But don't have to wait for a recession. But what you really want to do is this stock is still falling. You want it to wait till the stop's falling. Don't, this is that old saying, do not try to catch a falling knife. You're going to get cut and then get cut by. So this stock is falling. Don't try to catch it thinking you hit the bottom. I don't know where the bottom is. Wait till it hits the bottom. And now what that means, wait till it goes down, starts to move sideways for a couple, three weeks. Then maybe start up a little bit. And then you buy it. Now, it could turn around on you and go right back further and further down, but at least you'll have a higher probability that it, it did reach the bottom if you do it that way. Okay? Managing your retirement withdrawals. Okay. You know, there's what's called the required minimum distribution of your IRAs and 401ks. At a certain age, which is set, the year you turn 70 and a half, you're required to take a certain amount of your 401ks, IRAs, or any of your tax-deferred accounts, you have to take a certain minimum. Okay. Before then, you're allowed to start taking the money at age 59 and a half, I think it is. Now, what the idea is, remember, these are instruments that are tax-deferred, not tax-free. So what that means is the year you take the money, you have to add whatever money you took to your income that year and pay income tax on it. What I am suggesting that you do, 
when you get close to retirement or you're in retirement, manage your withdrawal rate. In other words, try to keep, if you're in a low tax bracket because you're not making income anymore, take a little bit of money out of your 401k even though you don't need it, maybe put it in an investment account because you don't want to take it all at one time. Okay, if you need it, you have to take some out. If you have a Roth and a regular, you can adjust both. Talk to your accountant. If you're if you're uh, self-employed or you're retired and you want to go back to work part-time, always consider how much money you're going to make and whether, whether you'll be driven into the next tax bracket. You have to give this thought to try to reduce your tax liability in retirement. Because people, you know, say, oh, I got a million dollars in my IRA and my, uh, wow, I got a lot of money. Well, not necessarily. If you took all that million dollars in one year, you'd you'd be paying half of it in taxes. So you don't have a million dollars. You have half a million. So so you've got to be smart about this, people. That's all I'm suggesting. Just be smart about it. I guess that's it for the day, huh? I'm Steve Peasley. That means we've just finished another program. And we got one more dude to tomorrow. Tomorrow, Friday. Tomorrow's Friday. Thank God it's Friday, huh? TGIF. So, by the way, we'll be talking about the KPP Premium Newsletter tomorrow. Because it's Friday. I'll see you tomorrow. Good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.